for us, I think the problem that we have is that we don't think about God's power. We think about our power. And let me tell you this. A human is very wise when they're able to recognize that there are limits to his or her power. Right. But I think you become a fool when you completely disregard the limitless power of God. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emanuel Heke. Um, hope you guys had an amazing week. It was a very busy week for me, but, you know, God is good. I feel empowered. I feel energized. I feel encouraged, um, and I pray that this message really encourages you guys today. Today, I'm going to be speaking to these people who have been called to spaces that you know God has called you to, but for some reason, man, it's just so hard for you to buy into the fact that God has called you to this position. You're 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 a scaredy cat. You lack confidence. If that's you, I pray that this message truly blesses you today, because I've been you before, and sometimes. You know, I slip into being that same person, you know, now. But there's things that I've realized and convictions that the Holy Spirit has put on me um, that has helped me to overcome such things. And we're going to talk about that today. Um, before we get to that, today is the day, ladies and gentlemen, March 7th at 5.30 p.m. later today. Um, we are going to be having our Bible study, our first ever Bible study open to our community um, for those uh, those people who sign up already, they have received the Google Meets link. If you haven't done that, um, we're going to close off that sign up like probably in the afternoon or something like that. Um, so definitely handle that, you know, if you plan on coming. But um, it's going to be some, you know, a lot of people signed up, which is great. Um, and we have something really prepared for you. And let me just say the, the real goal of these Bible studies, it's not necessarily I mean, Sure, you're going to have like, you know, the person that's leading, which is going to be me tonight. Um, and I'm definitely going to be like, you know, walking you through, like I said, Romans five through eight. Um, but, you know, the reason why we did this is because like we want to get we want our community to be people who are knowledgeable in the word of God, you know, like and I don't really know how to communicate this. But like this is going to be Bible study. I don't know if you've ever been to a Bible study before. But it's kind of different in the messages that you probably are going to hear on Church Boy Confessions or on like, you know, Sunday morning where it's like, I need I want you to know doctrine. You know what I'm saying? Like we're going to be talking doctrine as much as we can in, in these Bible studies. Of course, it's going to be, you know, those things that are applicable to your. I mean, everything's going to be applicable to your life in some way. I believe all doctrine is applicable to the ways we live as Christians. Um, but I, I genuinely believe that through these Bible studies, you're going to be more knowledgeable in the word of God. So I'm very excited because the knowledge, having knowledge in the word of God is transformative to your relationship with God. That's facts. So I'm excited. 530 p.m. Pacific time tonight. I'm excited to see you guys there. It's going to be fun. Um. And the second donation is, I'm sorry, the second announcement is we receive, we accept donations. And if you uh, at any point in this episode feel led or at any point in the week, any point at any time feel led to sow a seed into this ministry, we could really use your help with funding our projects, funding our equipment, funding the plans that we have for the future. We're not stopping here, ladies and gentlemen. We have ambition. We have things that God wants us to do and we are going to do them. We have plans. We have things that are coming in order. 
and we need your help. So definitely, you know, if you at any point feel led to donate one time or become a monthly donor to our ministry so we can be doing the things that can fill other people up, please consider donating at www.unnatassociated.com slash donate. But let's get to today's episode. It's going to start with something that I want to talk about, my experience. You see, sometime around last year, um, I was called to start being more active at my church. There was a point in time where I was definitely thinking that after school, I was never going to come back home. I was never going to live in San Diego again. But COVID changed that and ultimately God changed that. And now I don't see myself leaving San Diego, California, um, mostly because of church. I know that God has put me at my church for a reason. I know that God wants me to be there. And so I'm there. Um, but I was called to be more active last year. And I, I will tell you, man, a lot of it has to do with being on stage. It has to do with talking, it has to do with praying and so on. And yeah, like I said, I talk behind this mic, but talking behind this mic into a camera is not the same thing as talking in front of people. So approaching this, you know, this call of being taking more responsibility at my church has definitely been a journey. I'd be very nervous. Ultimately, I feel like I was undeserving. I feel like I was too, you know, I feel like I didn't have the right personality to, you know what I'm saying, be up there. I feel like I didn't, you know, I, I was undeserving because of mistakes that I've made, because of sins that I've made. Um, you know, I, I felt nervous. I felt overwhelmed and th overthinking about what people thought of me when I was up there. I'm relatively young. I'm 24 years old. It's not every church that you go and a 24-year-old is on stage talking about this, talking about that or announcements or prayer or whatever it might be. So, I was just very uncomfortable, to say the least. I think that I know humble people aren't supposed to call themselves humble, but when it came to receiving the call, you know, to be on stage and to be more active with, with um, you know, my church, um, I think that I received it quite humbly. You know, my head didn't get too big and I was continuing to pray and be very adamant. And, you know, God helped me not to get, you know, none of this go to my head or to, to think too much of myself and all that different stuff. But, you know, the humbleness was good, but there was something that came alongside the humbleness and it was timidness, timidness, timid. I think it's a funny word, but that's how I would describe myself and my reaction to being called to more responsibility, being called to this position that God has called me to in my church. Humbleness is good. You know, ha having humbleness is like essentially I looked up the definition is having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance. And I know that sounds weird when you don't have a low, low estimate of your own importance. But when we talk about humbleness, we're talking about it in the context of kind of you restraining yourself or refraining from your head getting too big. Right. So that's good. It's good to be humble. But timid is different. Timid is when, per definition, you are showing a lack of courage or confidence. You're easily frightened. I think that when I hear timid, I think of an extremity of humbleness. You know, it's not just about not thinking of yourself, you know, not getting big headed, but it's even thinking of yourself so low that you have no courage and you have no confidence. You're easily frightened. A lot of us will have imposter syndrome. We feel like we don't belong in the place that God has called us to. We don't belong in the positions that he's called us to. We shouldn't have the platforms that he's given us and so on. And that welcomes us to the points of this episode. The point of this episode and what I want you to understand is this. This is for the people who are concerned with being faithful to God in their service to God. And what I want you to know is that your timidness is an obstacle to your service to God. And it is an obstacle that needs to be defeated. 
It's not the same thing as being humble. Timidness is an obstacle for you. Timidness has been an obstacle for myself. Not feeling like I'm the right fit or I'm the right person or feeling like I'm not going to do this well. And that's when the Holy Spirit started to convict me. Why haven't you bought in? Hmm? That's the word that's been constantly repeated to me. Buy in, buy in, buy in. You see, God has called so many of us to these positions, all of us to something. But we got to buy in. You know what I'm saying? You got to buy into your calling. You have to buy into the platform that God is giving. You have to buy into your position. And what I mean by buy in, it means that you got to accept it. You got to believe it. You got to trust in it. And you got to act accordingly. But some of us, we don't buy in. But if we don't buy in, what I'll tell you is this. If you don't buy in to the plans that God has for you, to the places that God calls you, then you will not be able to accomplish the task that God put in front of you at a high level, if at all. All because you're so timid. So why are we timid? I'm going to give you guys like a, a word, a term. I believe that we are timid because we don't put enough weight on God's divine validation. The divine validation, that's the term. Divine validation is what we receive from God in order to do the things that he's called us to do. But I don't think that we put enough importance or significance on it. No. And I'll say this. The divine validation that we receive from God is supposed to be the foundation on which we build the courage and the confidence in order to do the things that he's called us to do. And if we don't believe in God's divine validation, if we don't add any weight to it, we don't think it's significant, then guess what? We're not going to have a foundation on which we can build our confidence and our courage. Scratch that. We will have a foundation on which we can try to build our confidence and our courage. Only it won't be God. It'll be you. It'll be your own accomplishments. It'll be your own failures. It'll be your own righteousness and unrighteousness. I can tell you right now, and you can probably tell from experience, that the reason why you feel like an imposter and the reason why you don't feel like you're supposed, you feel like you're not supposed to be in the place that God has called you to be is because of your sin. Or it's because you failed so many times that you don't believe you have the talent, the gift, or the ability to do things that God is telling you to do or to be in the spaces with all these other people that are high performing that God has called you to. So it's, it's, it's really not smart. It's not helpful to try and build confidence based on your, your, your abilities. Because if you're a person that fails, which is everyone at some point, you're a person that sins, which is everyone at some point, that foundation is not going to be strong enough to hold that stuff. Or maybe it is. There's a lot of non-believers who are very, very confident, very, very courageous. And the reason why they're very confident and very courageous is because they've accomplished a lot of things in life. Right? Or, or maybe they, they think that they've done everything right. They don't believe that they have any sin. I've seen the people who build their confidence on the things that they do right. I've seen. I've, I've actually been that person before. You know? 
Maybe you have. Maybe you were the person who got all straight A's through high school. Or maybe you've heard of the person that got all straight A's through high school. And what happened when they finally met their failure in college? They had a whole identity crisis, bro. I can say that because I've been that person. You see, even the people who try to build their confidence and their courage based on their accomplishments, man, that's like building a house made of glass. Because all it takes is one failure to make you question everything that you've ever accomplished. All it takes is one failure to make you question your identity, your worth, your value, everything. So what is a solid foundation on which we can build our courage, on which we can build our confidence? I think that there is no solid foundation besides the divine validation of God. So if that's the case, how? How do we actually give weight to the divine validation of God? How do we actually believe in this stuff? How do we actually buy in? And I'll tell you two ways that you can finally buy in and finally believe, accept, trust, and act accordingly with where God has called you, with who God has called you to be, what God's plan in your life. And the first thing is to acknowledge the blood of Jesus that washes away your sins. And the second thing is to acknowledge the power of God that works in and through you. That's how we get to buy in. That's how we come to accept, believe, and trust and act accordingly. So let's start with the first one. Acknowledging the blood of Jesus. It's very important for us to acknowledge the blood of Jesus. Because so many of us, God has called us to do certain things in life. But the reason why we don't do it is not because God hasn't called us. But it's because we don't think that we are holy enough to do it. We are weighed down by the sins of our past. They creep up to us. And these voices in our head tell us that we are not worthy. We are dirty. We should even stay away from God. We should not do anything that God tells us to do because we are guilty of our sins. We are undeserving. So what do we, what do, we do when these voices come? What do we do when these, these, these influences start to influence our life? I'm going to read a story. I'm going to read at least a part of a story. I'm going to read to you a place in Acts, and we're talking about the martyrdom of Stephen. This is the first martyr for Jesus Christ, after Jesus Christ, obviously. And his name was Apostle Stephen, I believe, yeah. Stephen. And I'm going to read you guys a snippet of his last moments. I'm going to read Acts chapter 7, starting at verse 55. It says, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears, talking about the people who were literally crowding him, ready to kill him. At this, they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, when he had said this, he fell asleep. This is the martyrdom of Stephen. Someone who was on fire for the Lord. 
if you actually read, you know, prior to verse 55, he had an entire speech, you know, talking about Jesus and talking about why these people are wrong for killing somebody who claims the name of Jesus and so on. It was an amazing speech. There's a reason why I read this part, this last moments of Stephen. You see, this this passage that I read, we read about the martyrdom of Stephen, but we also read about something else that you might have not caught. It's in verse 58. It's in this passage that we see the introduction of a character named Saul, who was the person that was carrying everybody's coats. He was carrying coats for all the spectators and participants in the stoning of Stephen. This is Saul, but you probably know him as Paul, Apostle Paul, who would then go on to what? I guess, what, what like half of the books in the New Testament is attributed, attributed to Paul, Apostle Paul? This is the guy that God would then use to help the church, early church, and even churches, generations to come, even churches of today conceptualize the gospel message, understand the gospel message. This is the guy. He was complicit in the killing and oppression of Christians in the early church. And he was caught in 4K at the killing and martyrdom of an apostle. Well, maybe not caught in 4K, just, you know, they didn't have cameras back then. He was caught in Times New Roman, killing or being complicit in the killing of an apostle. Like I said, he would later go on to repent. He would go on to help the early church understand what Jesus had done. And later on, he would write this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Starting at verse 9, it says, For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. That's what Apostle Paul said. Apostle Paul said that he, is, that he does not deserve to be called an apostle. He's the least of all the apostles. Why? Because he persecuted the church of God. He is not, he does not deserve to be called a servant of God because of the things that he did that were against God, that were against God's people because of his sin. So many of us, we share the same belief that we are not deserving to be called a servant of God or to even serve God in any capacity because of our sins of the past. And guess what? You're absolutely correct. But the problem is that there's so many of us that stop at verse 9 in our lives. We say that we are not worthy. We are undeserving to be called the servants of the Lord because of the sins that we have committed and we're absolutely right. But it doesn't stop there. Verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. Now. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Apostle Paul acknowledges and admits that because of his sins of the past, he does not deserve to be an apostle. In fact, he's the least of the apostles. But it doesn't stop there because the story doesn't stop with the sins of the past. 
He says, but by the grace of God, I am an apostle. The story does not stop with you being defined by your sins. It does not stop with you just only thinking that you are who you are because of the sin that you have committed. You see, this is when we realize we are unassociated with our past sins because of the grace of God. By the grace of God, we are who we are. By the grace of God, we are considered the servants of God. We are considered the sons and daughters of God. Because he has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I'm talking about Jesus. He's rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the domain of his son. And Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, In him, Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. We are able to serve God today because of the blood of Jesus Christ that has washed away our sins. So when God calls you to do something and you're over here telling yourself that I can't do that because of my sins, you are ignoring the blood of Jesus Christ and you don't get points for ignoring the blood of Jesus Christ. You do not become holy by denying the calling that God has put on your life because of your past sins. The only thing that you are becoming is disobedient. When we acknowledge the blood of Jesus Christ, we accept the divine validation God has placed over our lives. And on this divine validation that we receive from God, we can build our confidence and courage that we need to approach the task that God puts in front of us. But it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop there. Ooh, 20 minutes in. I still got more. <laughs> Remember when episodes used to be like 25 minutes? <laughs> I feel like I have to apologize. But, you know, it is it's just the way it goes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. Uh the second thing, remember, because I said there's two things. I said there's two things that we had to acknowledge in order to accept the divine validation of God. The second thing is acknowledging God's power. Because there's some of us, the reason why we're not doing the things that God calls us to do is because we don't believe that we have the power. We don't believe we have the power. We don't believe we have the ability or the talent. We don't believe that we have the bandwidth. We don't believe that we have the time. We don't believe we have the resources. We don't believe we have the personality. That's a big one. We don't believe that we have the energy. So we don't do it. We don't think we got it in us. And let me tell you something. If you don't believe that God's power is working through you, then guess what? It don't even matter if God put power in you. You're not going to see it. And I'll give you an example, man. I heard about this example. I've heard people talk about it. I've never been in a circus or anything. I've probably seen an elephant once or twice in my life. But, you know, according to... At least I've seen, like, different videos... That a lot of times, and to restrain an elephant, they tie the elephant to a stake in the ground, just like a chain or a rope, and they tie it to, you know, a stake in the ground. Obviously, an elephant is strong enough to do this, but it doesn't. It doesn't break free from the stake, and it's not because it wants to be there. You see, when the elephant is a baby, and they try to, you know, restrain it or domesticate it for whatever reason, probably a circus, but that's besides the point. <laughs> They tie the baby elephant to 
a stick, a rope and a stick or a chain and a, st- a stick. And at that point, the baby elephant doesn't have the strength in order to break through, break free from this pole. And the baby elephant tries and tries and tries till it gets to the point where it just gives up. I'm not strong enough to break this pole. And it's absolutely right. It's not strong enough. Then that baby elephant becomes an adult elephant at some point. But the adult elephant has the strength to break free from the pole, but it doesn't. It's not because it doesn't have the strength, but it's because it doesn't believe that it can because they have that memory that I've tried billions of times to do this and I failed. So why would I try again? It's not the fact that the elephant doesn't have the strength. But it's the fact that the elephant hasn't accepted it, believed it, trusted it. And therefore does not act in accordance with his strength. And the elephant reminds me of a lot of us. The elephant reminds me of people who do not acknowledge the power of God that works in them. We have this power that we do not use. We don't accept it. We don't believe it. We don't trust it. And therefore, we do not act on it. Breaking away from the elephant analogy. For us, I think the problem that we have is that we don't think about God's power. We think about our power. And let me tell you this. A human is very wise when they're able to recognize that there are limits to his or her power. Right. But I think you become a fool when you completely disregard the limitless power of God. And I'm going to read to you guys Isaiah 40. And this is when God, he's talking through his prophet Isaiah to the children of Israel. And I absolutely love when God talks about how strong he is and his sovereignty and his relationship to us. I'm going to read starting at verse 13. It says, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, you worm Jacob. Little Israel, do not fear. For I myself will help you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. See, excuse me, I will make you into a threshing sledge, new and sharp, with many teeth. You will thresh the mountains and crush them and reduce the hills to chaff. You will winnow them and and the wind will pick them up and a gale will blow them away. But you will rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. That's what the scripture says. God says that he's going to help you. God says that he's holding your right hand. And the part that hits me so much is in verse 15 when he says, I'm going to make you a threshing sledge, new and sharp, with many teeth, You will thresh the mountains and crush them and reduce the hills to chaff. When I read this, something is communicated to me. And it's the fact that, yes, God has called you, but it doesn't just stop there. He makes you into what he needs and wants. When you come from a position of surrender, it's not about you just looking at every task and measuring it up to what you are and your own power and so on. No, when God calls his servant to a task, he empowers his servant for that task. 
He molds you. He crafts you. He creates you. He transforms you into something sufficient onto the task. Don't just take it from me. Read it in the Bible. Google the calling of Moses. I forgot exactly what chapter it is in Exodus. He called Moses. He said, Moses, here's a staff. It can turn to a snake. He said, Moses, you can put your hand inside your rib and take it out. Leprosy, put it back. It's good again. Moses, I'm even going to allow you to take Aaron with you because you're being a scaredy cat. I was going to say punk. Man. Look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah says, oh, no, God, you know, I, I know you said that you ordained me. You sanctified me. You knew me before I was in my mother's womb, but I'm a kid. That's what that's what Jeremiah said to God. <laughs> and God said, you're not a kid. And he didn't just stop there. He said, yeah, I'm going to call you. But look, I'm going to put my words in your mouth. Jeremiah chapter one. Go read it. I'm going to put my words in your mouth. And see this day, I'm going to set you up. To plant, to pull down, to root out. I kind of forgot what he was saying. He doesn't just call Jeremiah. He he empowers Jeremiah. He doesn't just call us. He empowers us. And it's about time that we accept, believe, trust, and act in accordance with this power that God has given us. Just as we accept, believe, and trust and act in accordance with the fact that Jesus Christ has washed away our sins. So many of us, it's easy for us to try and find validation with people. But I'm telling you, when you get to the point where you understand and you accept and you trust and you believe and act in accordance with the divine validation that you receive from God, I'm telling you, you don't need any more signs after that. You don't need the applause. You don't need the compliments. That's that real power right there. Stop being timid. Buy in. That timidness is not cute. And it's not humbleness. It's not the same thing. You should not be you should not be timid. It is time to buy in, ladies and gentlemen. Let's buy in. I don't know what God has called you to specifically. And maybe you don't know what God has called you to yet. It's not look, look, look. I'm gonna say this. It's not where I'm meant to go, but I I need because I know it's gonna be people saying that, oh, you're talking about people who who God has called them, but I don't even know how to tell. Bro, stop worrying, bro. First of all, I'm gonna tell you this. Stop, 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 stop. You're tripping. This is not the time to panic. This is not the time to fear. I promise you, all you need to do is trust him. And all you need to do is continue to listen and move in whatever direction that he pulls you in. Period. I was unemployed for 18 months. I didn't know what God wanted me to do next. I don't know. I don't know why it took that long. Man. I tell you, I've been, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there. I promise you, I've been there. But then he called me and he said that, Emmanuel, I've called you to preach. Man. I know the, the path that I thought I was going to go down. I was pre-law. <laughs> I work at that agency now. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, I see, I see. The path that God is calling me to. I might not know exactly where it's leading to. But I trust him. Trust him. I know it's even harder when you see your friends. And they're doing everything that they're doing. They're doing big things. It's like they know what they're doing. They're making good money. I know. I know. 
But you're not here to just make good money. You're not here to just do big things for doing big things sake. You're here to do God things. And a lot of times just so happens to be very big as well. But I'm telling you, man, like for those of you that are waiting to hear what God has to call you to, he's going to call you. He's going to communicate that with you. This is not a matter of being stressed out. He's going to communicate. He created you for it. Come on now. He's not a vain God. And for those of you who know and you've been too timid with it, this is your sign. Chill out. Chill out with all that. That's done. That's done. I'm telling you. This community right here, I tell you, bro, like, let's get it. Let this be the ta-da moment or the aha moment and you stop being timid. I'm, I'm not saying go be prideful. I'm not saying go be a jerk. What I'm saying is this whole lack of confidence, this whole lack of courage that you've been dancing around, that's it. It's over with. We don't do that no more. That shows disbelief. And, and we, we, we're not people who are out here disbelieving. Nah, we believe in God. We believe in his power. We believe that he's with us. We believe that he empowers us. He believe, we believe that he loves us, period, period. But I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy and your love. Thank you so much for this word. Thank you so much, oh God, and help us to buy in. Help us to buy in, Father. So many of us are unconfident, insecure. We are uh, scared, Father God. But help us to recognize that you are with us and you are empowering us and, and you have washed away our sins. And Father God, we have divine validation for the things that you've called us to, oh God. So help us to walk in that divine validation. And Father, anything that we've been dealing with that makes it harder for us to, to walk in this divine validation, Father, I pray, oh God, that you cast it out in the mighty name of Jesus and help us overcome them in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. Let your power rain down on our lives and let us act in accordance with this power, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you guys later today, 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, Bible study. Um, and after that, we'll have another one too. Like, you know, this we're, we're going to see how regularly we can do this. But um, I love you guys. Um, yeah, have a great week. Peace.